0: And I walked slowly through here praying, praying in tongues, and walked in my office, and the Lord asked me to bow before him. And he began to speak to me, not in an audible voice, but in my spirit. And I I want to uh, speak to you a little bit about what he said to me. And it's not long, it's not real deep, but it's just a reality of that God is moving in a particular way. He is speaking to us in a unique way. And I'm just asking you again that as we talk about when we encounter God, to have ears to hear, to really begin to listen to what God is saying to you, And not just a few words and go on with normal life, but to really be listening all day long. Just to really hear. Because the world is screaming at you right now and is telling you things that are not true. We're going to talk about that. We're going to learn some things today about an encounter that a young man had. And we're going to see God do some particular things in our lives today. I really believe. That today is going to be a a unique day for you. It's going to be something that you will really begin to understand. There is something that God is doing in my life, and it's going to be huge. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 5. I will be talking about the ladies' breakfast in a little bit, so All you leaders and ladies, don't get nervous that I'm not talking about it yet. But I really believe, because I want you to hear what God is saying and not be thinking about the announcement. Uh, John chapter 5 talks about the lame man's encounter and some of the unique words that Jesus says and finding out that the lame man really did not recognize who he was But the Lord was telling me, um, let's create. And when he said let's, he's talking about this is what I'm doing, but I want you to help me create a culture of covenant healing in the body of Christ. Healing is not something unusual or something we haven't heard of at Valley. But there is something very unique that he's trying to bring to you and me And in this uniqueness, there's going to be change in the way we go about uh, seeing the power of God move. We're going to be learning from the lame man and the culture change that took place, not only in his life, but in those that were wrapped around that knew him, that experienced him. We're going to read about this transformation. And, And by the way... Uh, great responses from around the world and from you regarding last week's message on the encounter that brought freedom from offense and inner healing. And some of you um, have still communicated with me on how it has really changed your thinking this past week. But I want you to understand you've just begun that new realm of kingdom thinking. And I want you to keep allowing the Lord to speak to you. My job is to equip you, to bring you to a place where you can uh, understand God in a greater way and to challenge you to do that. And your job is to grow in that, is to know him in a greater way. So I am so happy What God is doing in our lives, in our church, in our young people today, because of the encounters that we now are having with not only God, but the truth of God. And that's basically what the Lord began to uh, share with me. So you will be experiencing and hearing a new realm of covenant thinking regarding healing in our lives. In the next couple months. And I'm going to introduce to you some of the things that God has been speaking to me and that I have been equipping some of our leaders regarding this. In September, actually, on September 11th, which is a date that we all remember, um, we will be uh, describing and introducing to you uh, new leadership and things that God is, is beginning to do at Valley and how we're going to go about touching the world in the healing power of God and being real, not being religious, but being real. So let's start reading in this encounter in John chapter 5, verse 1. Ladies, don't get nervous. Now I'm going to tell you about the ladies' breakfast as you're turning to John 5, verse 1. It's happening this Saturday on the 20th, and it begins at 9 o'clock a.m. You're going to experience some of the greatest food you've ever experienced because the men's leadership and their team is going to be cooking you and honoring you by serving you uh, breakfast that morning. You also will be hearing from some of the ladies that they have encountered God, and they're going to give you the testimony of that. It's going to be a time of you to bring your neighbors and your friends, the ladies and your, your lady friends, to come and just to experience God, to have an encounter of God through people that know God. So I want to challenge you even today uh, to sign up online or out in the foyer, but to sign up for this breakfast. Be a part and bring your daughters, bring your moms, bring your aunts, and allow Jesus Christ to touch their life and to teach them what you're experiencing at Valley Community Church. So every one of you ladies should be there. There should not be a reason, unless you have planned to hop on a plane and be out of town, you should be there uh, next Saturday at 9 o'clock, and you need to sign up today uh, to be able to do that. John chapter 5, verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, this feast, we understand by reading and understanding historical factors, is the Feast of the Passover. Now, the Feast of the Passover basically represents the deliverance from slavery and or freedom, And today we're going to learn in the lame man's encounter, which in essence is about he had paralytic legs, there was weakness in his legs so he could not walk, and he was desirous for 38 years to have healing of his legs. And we're going to read about uh, an experience that many people had regarding healing of that day. And in that, his encounter with God is going to show you and me that all of us need to beware of religious experiences that will bind us up from bringing total covenant healing in our lives. And so I know in this, we we picture about a lame man, we picture about not being able to walk, but in essence what this man was delivered from was a religious spirit. And that was the main reason why Jesus encountered this man, because with God, healing is a natural thing. But a religious spirit is something that a, de- a demonic realm wanted to come in and to bring a difficulty in him receiving his healing because he lived his life based on Religious experiences and what happened good and what happened bad in his life in his religious experience. Many of us have encountered that, the good and the bad. And because of the bad, sometimes we are bound in the belief factor that God really wants to heal you. So, the deliverance from the religious spirit is what this is really all about. So let me take you on this journey with his encounter. Verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. Notice I am uh, saying words and emphasizing certain words. Let me read it again. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches. In essence, The Sheep Gate is a symbolic of the church. Many people believe the porches also were to help the people get out of the sun and have some protection as they laid there, as we're going to find out, as the water is stirred. Verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, now realize Jesus always went up to Jerusalem, always went by this pool, knowing there were sick, lame, paralyzed people, and he recognized the man that had been laying there most of Jesus' life on this earth. So he said to him, Really, different type of question. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Notice again, in a lot of the stories, and that day was the Sabbath. Jesus had a bad habit of healing people on the Sabbath. All right, verse 10. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, the lame man, he's not lame anymore, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. That's not how we do things in church. I added that, by the way. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason... The Jews persecuted Jesus, or let me say the religious people persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Ridiculous. Amazing that people are like that. And they still are today. They were going to kill Jesus because he helped and healed people on the Sabbath. This shows you, listen very closely, how messed up religion can get. This guy's first encounter with Jesus, he doesn't even know it's Jesus either. And we get stuck on the need and not on the encounter. This guy encounters God and he is so focused on his need he doesn't recognize Jesus. See, Jesus recognized him walking by him all the time, following all the different things. And this guy doesn't, recognize them. See, let me just tell you, God knows your need. God 24-7 recognizes you. He knows you. He knows your need. He knows what he is desirous of you to have, but he is wanting you to recognize him And not just your religious experience or your do's and your don'ts or what you do and you don't do. He wants you to recognize him. Today, all us faith people, God wants you to recognize him. Well, let's go on. This story happened in Bethsaida. Bethesda means house of mercy. The name means house of mercy. Again, it's symbolic of the church. Notice the Sheep Gate, Bethesda. Notice all of these church, we have received mercy and we need to extend mercy. So there's more than just receiving from God. There is a lot more than receive from God, but give it out. But to recognize others, to honor others, to for you to be more important than me, for me to be more important than you, that we come in, even though all of us have needs, God knows about them. All of us have situations in life. God knows about them. And we come to worship him. We come to recognize God like we did this morning during worship. But even during the word of God, every time I teach, I am trying to get you to see God in everything and not just see what it is just for me, even though that's important because that's what the word of God is for. But unfortunately, many times the church is a place of judgment and criticism due to a religious spirit. John 5.4 says, For an angel went down at a certain time in the pool and stirred the water. Now, why I pause there at a certain time, because there are specific times that God is coming after you. And when we don't recognize him, we bind his hands in doing things in our life. Even though it's been 38 years. But my question to you, was it 38 years because he only looked at his problem instead of looking for God? So let me give you some history of this. History tells us that these stirrings in the water of the pool began after the birth of Jesus. Historical books of the day writings write about this and you can read them. At a certain time is it happened around the feasts. So what we need to understand when people really focused on the things of God remember They're celebrating the Passover, what God did, delivered. They're focusing on God. And so at a certain time, I want to say to you, I cannot prove this, but here's pastor's opinion. Maybe the certain time was because at that time they were recognizing God. They were looking to God. They were praying to the Lord. They were ministering to the Lord and thanking Him and worshiping God and literally reaching out to God and wanting to serve and worship Him. And so at that time, things began to stir in their life or in that water. Again, we get this from historical documents. So the question Who would have been in town? Well, Jesus was in town. And isn't Jesus called the angel of the Lord? Jesus goes by the pool, and he knows this man has been lame for a long time. Why do we know that? Because Scripture says he knew that. And Jesus asks a question. About three years ago, I taught on on this statement, but Jesus asks a question That seems unnecessary. Do you want to be made well? Now, who in the world who's sick doesn't want to be made well? That's why we go to doctors. That's why we're not against doctors. We're not against medicine. But who in the world will say, oh, no, thank you. I want to stay sick. Um, Then you're going to need counseling after that, if you say that. So he asked, do you want to be made well in verse 6? But what's amazing, if you really look at this, the man did not answer yes. Why didn't he shout, yes, Jesus, you're here. I got an encounter with you. I'm going to be healed because you're here. Why didn't he say that? because he was so focused on the religious stuff that happened every time. The stirring of the water, what was going on in his life that he couldn't even see or encounter God, even though he was. Now, church family, let's then talk a little bit. And remember last week I talked about offense and inner anger? Don't be offended with some of the teaching I'm doing today because it's coming from the Word of God. And so this is going to be really strong, because I want to give you tools to break out of a religious spirit that could be binding you in your faith factor of receiving what you've been asking God for a long time. Healing in your life, healing in your marriage, healing in many different areas. So the question is, here it is to all of us, Do we want to be made well? And I'm sure every one of us are going to say, yes, pastor, of course. All right, well, let me give you reasons why sometimes we're not. Not always the reasons. Now, remember, I preach against extreme thought. The only extreme thought you should ever have is the word of God is truth. And the word of God will set you free. That's always the word is truth. So, the first thing I want to show you is excuses in this story. People say, well, I'm different, and the situation is different, and that's why it's not going to work for me. I think God has another plan. That's exactly what the lame man did. I don't know why. Others have been healed, but I haven't. And let me tell you the reason why. Verse 7, Sir, I have no man to put me in the, in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. First of all, after 38 years, I would probably learn to lay right next to the water. And the moment I heard a sound, even if I mistaked a sound, I'd fall in the water. So for 38 years, he was waiting on someone to say, oh, everyone stop, the water's stirring. Come here, sir, let me put you in the water. I'm being a little facetious, but this is my type A personality. If it don't work the first time, figure out how to get there. All right? Get her done. Amen. So, so the reality, he's for 38 years sitting there and saying, no one helps me. And someone else gets healed and not me I don't know why, God. Okay? All right, now let me say this. We all do this. Even you major faith people, we all do this. It's not my fault that I am not healed because I am believing everything, everything that God's Word says. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's something else. It's a demon, it's a devil, it's this, it's that. Now, let me just tell you, there could be a battle with a demonic force, but greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And we have to get to a place of not living by this religiosity of thinking of the why. We have to have a reason why when God says by his stripes we are healed or were healed, past, present, future. All right? Someone else's fault. So think about it this way. This is the number one excuse in society for our problems. If you listen to anybody on the news or anything, it's always someone else's fault why you're in the position you're in. And when I hear that, this is what I say. For those that are listening to podcasts, I stuck my finger down my throat. Someone else did something to me. The number one lie of the enemy is he tells you it's someone else's fault why you are in the situation. No one can hinder the destiny of your life but you. No one can hinder the destiny of my life but me. It doesn't matter what anyone has done either. Because God has a plan, and he will make sure that it's fulfilled unless we allow religiosity or hurt or offense to hinder that very thing that's already been given to us. People say, Pastor, you just don't understand because everything is perfect for you. <laughs> really? Really? It's like, you know, I want to ask the pastors that are in here, Pastor Angel, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean that everything's perfect for you. No, you know what? The Bible says that when you teach the Word of God, double is there. In other words, there's a stronger attack on you because you're teaching the Word of God, trying to get you into religious thinking so that you won't teach the Word of God and free the, the congregation up to the Word of God. That's why you need to pray for your pastors. Amen. Now, church family, I may not understand your situation, what's going on in your life, but I understand Jesus, and so should you. He is the same yesterday, Today and forever. Now, I know there is no situation too difficult for God. I know that. And there are times that I will face, you will face things that you look at and say, how in the world will this change? I know a God that knows. And we need to begin turning our thoughts towards that. People say, I know God heals marriages, but pastor, my situation is different. Really? Others say, I believe in tithing, but there is, there is a reason why it won't work for me. Really? Hmm. They're actually saying, let me tell you that I am the exception to the power of God. That everyone else can have this, but you know, with my situation and what I was born into and what's happened to me, my situation is different. And so because it's my situation, then there's an exception of the power of God and what the Word of God says. I'm just kind of saying, I know this is a time you're going to be quiet, but I'm just telling you, there is no exception unless you choose it and create it. That's what Israel did. They There was the, the commandments of the Lord, and they added to it. So now on the Sabbath, you can't heal anybody. You should be killed if you did that because you worked on the Sabbath. So there are no exceptions to the power of God. There is nothing the power of God cannot fix. There is nothing in your life. Everything that you've ever faced, will face, and God can fix it. But we have to realize that and not allow situations of life and religiosity in that spirit to bring us into the dwelling of the problem instead of dwelling on the solution and his name is Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Please, church family, don't ever believe it won't work for you. John 5.5 5 says this, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now, you are there in this situation. We believe the infirmity would be his legs, obviously. He had a weakness in his legs. Now, the question is, what weakness do you have or I have in my life? Now, some faith people say, I don't have any weakness because the Word of God says that. Amen, amen, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, are you encountering God or your religiosity? Are you allowing God to take your faith to a place even though you've had Hades on earth come in your life and sickness has attacked you? Have you allowed that to bring you into a reality in your thinking, religious thinking, that it can't work for you because you've tried everything and nothing's worked? And I want to tell you, that's what Jesus saw in the man and that's why he asked that seemingly ridiculous question. He wasn't ridiculing him. He wasn't uh, talking down to him. He was really trying to break him out of this religious thinking and this religious experience. We'll talk about that more. And to say, do you really want to be healed? And then the Bible says, it's the Sabbath, so no one's supposed to do anything, so this can't be God. And he doesn't recognize God. Don't tie God up. So, for the lame man, it was his legs, but maybe there was an emotional weakness in his life, or maybe there's an emotional weakness in you and it's coming out with sickness in your legs. Mental, spiritual, what is the weakness? What is going on in life that we have chosen to believe above and beyond the Word of God? What has happened? What have people said when you were young? What have people done when you were young that doesn't have to bind you up, but we've allowed it to bind up because we haven't received the fullness of the freedom of God because we haven't encountered God, we've encountered our situations. Are you following the thinking here? And see, that's what's happening here. But because this is what happens in our life, we tend to focus on he was healed because Jesus was there and a miracle took place because he was weak in his legs. He couldn't walk for 38 years and God did that. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now that's great, that's wonderful. I love miracles, don't you? But Jesus was digging further into his life. And at the beginning, he still didn't recognize. He still didn't encounter God. Jesus encountered him. That's why I'm telling you, I, I, I wish I could go back in all my life and all the times that God wanted to me, encounter me and I didn't allow it to happen. I just always thought about the problem and took my personality and I became the fixer instead of God. I am speaking a lot to leaders today because there are things that that we are not attaining in our life, in our homes, in our businesses, in our jobs because we haven't encountered God. We have gone on and God's come to do a work, but we didn't listen and we went on with our experience, our ability out who we are. I'm a faith guy. I am a faith guy. I quote the Word of God all the time. I walk in that. Amen. I'm not speaking against that. Please do it more. Quote the Word of God more. We've already talked about getting in the Word of God and learning the Word of God. But I'm talking about not allowing the demonic, the spiritual, the religious aspect of life that is here until Jesus sets up his new kingdom, and, and the reality is that we're walking around and we're emotionally distraught because we haven't recognized and encountered God. So another question is, what is the main weakness you want to be delivered from? Is it the arthritis, or is it the worry that we live with all time? that comes out with these different things. Now, some of us, most of us would say, I don't know what the main weakness is. The only way to know that is not trying to magnify your body or try to, uh, you know, figure out what your brain's doing or not doing. It's to encounter God. Folks, are you, are, you, are you hearing this? It's to encounter God. There are times that I've gone and said, God, I don't know what's going on. And my first tendency is to, okay, deep breath, let's go, let's do it. But I did it without encountering God. God. And I'm flailing away, I'm strong, I'm spiritual, I'm faith-filled, and all the different things. But I didn't listen to God, I didn't encounter God. I I, I wanted to do it myself, because I could do it, I'm good at this stuff. And one day in my life, God sat me down, and, you you know, God's pretty cool. And he sat me down. I don't talk like this, but he goes, dude. I mean, I literally heard, dude. Okay, so to God, I'm a dude, I guess. Dude. Stop. Just stop. And so I, I don't know, stop what? Stop. And it wasn't... Stopping what I was doing, it was stop, turn around, and look at me. Now, I didn't see God. I didn't see him. I said, turn around, and I literally did a 180. Turn around, I'm going like this. He goes, turn around. Stop. That's what I heard again. And so there are times that, okay, all right, what do you want? And then he began to show me, and watch this, 80% of what I would have normally done, he told me to do. But it was with the wisdom of the Lord and the foundation of the anointing of God that went with me. Some of you might be brand new listening to us or watching us. And I want you to realize, maybe you're just saying, what did you just say? I'm just telling you that when God goes with you, nothing can stop you. Remember Joshua? Who are you for? I'm I'm for neither. But I'm going to be with you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. That settles me. Oh, I wish I was Joshua. Let me tell you, God thinks the same thing with you. As he was with Moses, as he was with Joshua, God is with you, the same. Are you still with me? No one's fallen asleep yet, good. So he had that infirmity, then ask your spouse or ask your friends. They might be able to list some weakness. And you need to listen. Because sometimes we're so overwhelmed with us that we can't describe it to us. Now, let me tell you, spouse or friend, don't be mean about it. It's about time you ask me this question. Let me tell you. And whoosh, ten feet long list, like you write out to Santa. So here's here's the next thing Jesus tells us with a question. Here's the question again do you want to be made well? The second thing he was showing this guy is effort. Effort. Jesus said, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Jesus didn't say, Be healed. Jesus said, Are you willing to put effort into this? What do you mean, Pastor? I have this in my body. How do I put effort into it? Well, just hold on. Let me show you. It's easy to be comfortable with our weaknesses and to live with it. Jesus knew it had been a long time, 38 years. So it's a great question. Do you want to be made well? Are you willing to change your thinking? I wish I knew the man's name. Historical books, I I looked. I looked all over. I could not. It didn't say the man's name. But Jesus was saying, are you going to be willing to change your thinking? Because you're telling me you're not healed because someone else gets in there. But you've been laying there in the same spot for 38 years. Are you willing to change your thinking? Are you willing to put, what if, what if your church is speaking and teaching the same scripture on healing but says, We're going to move in a greater realm, a greater covenant understanding on this healing, and this is what we're going to do to accomplish. We're going to put effort into this, and we're going to create a culture of healing in the body of Christ. We're going to create, like we've done, a culture of worship. We're going to create a culture of discipleship like we've already done. We're going to create this, but say, yeah, well, I know. That's been going on 50 years of my life, 10 years of my life. I get it. I don't really need that because I've been there. What? Are we going to change our thing? Because God is preparing you for greatness. God is preparing you for his destiny in your life. But he's trying to come to you and saying, Are you willing and do you want to be well? Do you want to reach that? business you've been dreaming about for 10 years? Do you want to reach that marriage that is pure and holy and fun in your life? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time, in the near future, that you will be raised up and what your dream is will come to pass? Are you willing to put an effort into that? Or are you gonna sit and wait for God to do a miracle. Or you're going to wait for God to say be healed. Instead of rise up. Let's change our thinking. Let's change not our our if our ways are opposite of God's ways, we need to change our ways. So I'm not I'm not trying there's a lot of things traditional things that we do as a church as a Christian as a husband and a wife and the things we do in our homes but I want to tell you are you willing to change I'll tell you when covid took place and the government shut us down I want to tell you I said there is nothing when we come out of this thing there is nothing that we won't be willing to change if we need to. Because I knew what God was saying in the midst of COVID that I'm gonna do a new thing with the church. I'm not just talking about Valley, the whole church. And so I told the staff, they would come to me with ideas. I said, "There's, there's nothing holy except God and his word. Nothing. If something needs to be changed, let's do it. Because our goal is, that you will encounter God. Amen. And that's what I'm saying to you in your home, in your business, your job, in your marriage, in your life, in your friendships. Are you willing to change your thinking and to put an effort into that change? Or are you going to just, I want it this way or the highway? And that's what Jesus was asking. Are you Or do you want to be made well? Do you want your dream to come true? Are you willing to change and put an effort into it? Are you willing to put an effort into memorizing healing scriptures? Are you willing to work out? Are you willing to eat right? I'm not telling that's what you're supposed to do. I'm just telling you that there's a hundred other things. Some of you know the Holy Spirit has spoke to you to do something a little bit different, and you haven't done it. Why is that? Because, I'm just saying, this is not a like you bad person slap you around, but because of the religious experience. That's not how we used to do it. Are you willing to change in the areas of, Pastor Ryan and Melissa, they come in with a prophetic song. Are you willing to move into that realm of that prophetic song? Are you willing to do those things? Are you willing to allow things to be a little bit different? And I want to tell you, because I know when God says to change, it's not like I'm, I'm doing a 180. I mean, it's like my changes are like, eh, and so are yours. Because you know why? You're godly. You love Jesus with all your heart. And it's not something you've done something bad, now do something good. See, that's the religious spirit. Healing on the Sabbath? Kill him. You're bad. No, that's not what Jesus is doing here with this guy. He is loving this guy. He looked and saw the man. And, you know, if I could just kind of add words to it, he said, man, that... Here's that word again. That dude's been there for 38 years doing the same thing. Hmm. In this story, Jesus also said in John 5, 14, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, people have built, listen closely now, because I am messing with religion here. And and people have built a doctrine on what Jesus just said there. They believe all sickness comes from sin in your life. I'm going to, I won't do it, but I would like to stick my finger down my throat again. Because that's not what it's saying. That's not true. But sometimes sin is at the root of our situation. Jesus is just saying, don't go back to the old thinking Because a worse thing can happen. Maybe the old thinking was bitterness. Maybe the old thinking was unforgiveness, blasphemy, blaming others, anger, self-pity, offense, and inner anger, what we talked about last week. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't allow that old thinking, that sinning thinking, go back to that because that's what you're used to doing. That's your default that's what you do. It's like a computer. You have a default. It always goes back to the same thing. Jesus says, I want to do a new thing in you. I want breakthrough in your life. I want a breakthrough in this thinking. Open your thinking. Open your heart to me, and I will teach you things that maybe you never understood. Amen. That's the God that we are serving. That's the God that wants to help you reach your destiny. So people have built a doctrine on it. It's not true. Self-pity is their affliction. It brings them attention, and if they get healed, they lose the attention. I ministered with the help of my wife to a couple for about five years. And here's the situation. The woman was coming up to be prayed for a lot of times for her spouse, her husband. Please pray that my husband would get born again. Please pray. She'd go to the people around the church and, and be prayed for, and people praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Okay? Okay? Uh, and rightfully so. Let's do that. Let's come together. We're family. We're going to pray for you in all these areas, right? Because why? We're brothers and sisters. But one day, lo and behold, God actually answered a prayer. I'm being facetious there. God answered prayer. And the man came to church, came to my office, sat down and said, I don't know what's going on in me, but how do you get saved? And I told him, I said, would you like to? He said, yes. He got born again. The guy was a businessman. The guy was a comedian. He was fun. He was just personality plus. But the picture that was painted was the guy was a just downright jerk. And he just got in, he got involved, he humbled himself, he would be out, uh, you know, doing security, he'd be out picking up paper, all the, he'd come in during the week, uh, he'd leave his business, he'd come in and say, Pastor, what do you need, what do you need? You know, I said, well, we're doing this, Uh, let me do it, I got it, matter of fact, I got a guy that works for me, he's good at that, he says, I'll pay him to come and do that. And that's just how he got. Well, all, all lo and behold, everybody liked the guy. And everybody that she used to go to be prayed for, that you know, all of a sudden they were like, "Man, your husband's awesome. We love your husband." And you know what happened? She left the church because she got offended that people didn't like her like they did before. In other words, her the attention level wasn't with her. I mean, people loved her; they were there. They would, you know, hold her hand. They'd put their arms around her. But she got so offended with the things that she said, she couldn't hear and see the encounter the man had with God and how it drastically changed him. So she became bitter with the church. She became angry with the church, that inner healing, that offense. And so I called her and the guy. And to this day, the guy attends the church, And she doesn't. And I'm just saying to you, church family, is that's what the enemy does. It's when we experience church and prayer and everything, we get so used to what it brings us that when God wants to do something miraculous, he has to ask us the same question Do you really want to be well? Do you really want your husband to be born again? Do you really want your wife to be born again? And he is saying to us, we need to get back to the reality of the encounters with God. Your healing, your sufficiency comes by you encountering God, even though your spouse may be the jerk, even though your boss may be the jerk. But see, when you encounter God, you begin to see things differently because your sufficiency doesn't come from your boss or your spouse. It comes from God. All right, let's move on. So self-pity is their affliction. So what Jesus is saying, will you put effort into being healed and don't give up? Now let me say this as a faith person who believes in healing, is that you have to understand that being, watch this, being sick, there's no shame in it. There's no shame in you being sick because Jesus took the shame. If you've been a person for 38 years, 40 years, 50 years, 20 years, five years, a year, a month, have been sick and don't know why this is happening to you, there's no shame in that. What I'm saying to you is put an effort of getting in the Word of God and encountering God and let God handle that sickness. Amen? See, what happens, sometimes God is moving and the Holy Spirit is moving But we're ashamed to go receive it and encounter God in it. And He's talking to us and wanting to encounter us, but we won't because we're ashamed. And we're even frustrated or ashamed to even ask God for it anymore because we've given up. Pastor, how do you get all that from this story? It's called Encountering God. So what have we said? Excuses, lack of effort, or having effort. In a positive way, number three, experience. And this is re- really where I'm going to dig in. This guy is waiting for an angel to come down. That was his religious experience, and that's what happened. That's a story. That's what went on at the pool. So this is what the lame man encounter showed him and can even show you. Are you willing to do something different than your experience? But this is the way we always did it. How come they've changed that? Are you willing to do something different? And I'll say this to you. Uh, men, next, next month we're going to have a men's conference. September 10th. Ladies, you have the breakfast August 20th, this Saturday, 9 o'clock. But some of you have experienced hurt being men, being with men, women, being with men. You're uncomfortable men being with men. You're uncomfortable sitting there and being prayed for, all that because why? Because in your neighborhood, you're the man. You take care of your lawn and everything you do, you do great, and that's wonderful, that's great. But see, there's an inner part of your life, men, you need. And that need is to soften you to be able to encounter God. Women, you've, you're offended with other women because they really didn't understand where you're at. You know, some women say, I don't like being around women. Okay, well, where's that weakness come from? The Bible tells us we need to be around ladies. You need to be around women. The problem with some ladies, they only want to be around men. That's difficult, especially if you're married. Same thing with with men. You want to be around women. You need to be around men with men, women with women in spiritual culture and so some of you ladies you say well i don't go to those things because go even if you're sweating sitting there go because god wants to bring a change of thinking because he wants to bring you into a relationship with him that only can happen through that encounter also because remember two weeks ago we talked about encountering god and encountering one another I'm trying to help Valley Community Church become a family, VFAM. I'm trying to help us to become a people that really honor one another. That I don't come here to be a better person. I am a better person because I come here because of you. But I don't come here you know, for that. I come here to minister to you, to be with you. Even if I wasn't the pastor. One day if I retire and I just attend here, I just want to hang with VFAM because why? You are important to me. You're not just the congregation that I pastor. You're my family. And if my brother's watching, I'm sorry. If my family's watching, I'm sorry. But you're close to me because I'm with you all the time. And I love being with you, and we need to feel the same thing. So ladies... Don't allow your experiences to keep you away from hearing the encounters that some women have had, and they're going to give you their testimony on Saturday. It's going to be powerful. By the way, pray for those ladies, because, you know, some of them probably aren't used to getting up in front of people, and they're going to be sweating wooden nickels (laughs) with their nerves. So... This guy is waiting for the angel to come down, the religious experience. So this is what the lame man's encounter showed him and can show us. Are you willing to do something different? Jesus says, okay, you used to lay there. Someone got in there before you. You rolled a couple times. You know, if, if I didn't, was wearing a suit, if I was wearing shorts and t shirt T-shirt, I'd probably get on the ground and start rolling. This is what he did, trying to roll into the water. But someone beat him. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And then the Bible says specifically, and it was the Sabbath. People are yelling at the guy, hey, stop, it's the Sabbath. Put that mattress down. So the lame man said, the man who made me well told me to carry it. Let me tell you, the man who made him well was the Word of God. It was not against the law to carry his bed. It was against the law to work, but the Jews carried it to an extreme. It's amazing on the Sabbath that in Israel, it's against the law to use the elevator to push a button. But it's not against the law to climb the stairs. Does that make sense to you? I'm not, I'm not making fun of anything, any, you know, the Jews, or Israel, or whatever. But they're going too far when they're experienced. That's not what God meant in the Sabbath. The lame man had to go against his religious upbringing, change his thinking to align with God's thinking or the Word of God. I'm going to say that again a different way. The lame man, what Jesus was doing and asking the question was trying to get him to change his thinking from his upbringing because his upbringing and his religious experience caused bondage in his life. And he wasn't able to move forward in that. Some of us have been raised in other religions. And there are some things that maybe we do That's really hard for you because that's not how you do that. And in statements and words you say, I'm telling you, get in the Word of God and see what the Word of God says, not what religion. Get in the Word of God and see what the Word of God says, not just valley community. Because if we're doing something that's not scriptural, it's wrong. That has not the background of the Word of God is wrong. And by the way, uh, if if I'm around it, it'll always be scriptural. I can't tell you that someone is released and volunteers them and they do and say something and quote something or whatever and, you know, start barking or whatever, you know. It's, it, it, I'm not telling you that that's not going to happen at Valley Community, but I'm telling you if I have anything to do with it, it will stay with the Word of God. That's why I always tell you, I always tell you, Church, here it is. That's why I always tell you, every program we have is not really a program. It's a culture that will bring you to the Word of God God. so you can encounter God. So let me go quickly now. I know I'm taking a little bit longer than normal, but I know what the Lord said this morning. He's doing something amazing today. So the layman had to go against his religious upbringing. And there is a possibility for you to be healed. You may have to step out of your comfort zone. The comfort zone is your religious upbringing in worship, shouting, dancing, praying in the Spirit, all of the above. So, as Jesus said, rise up, church. Let's break through. The waters stirred and he moved. He was looking for the same experience. And Jesus comes along. The first encounter, he didn't know it was Jesus. It was God in the flesh, in the body of a human. And God is moving, and we don't rise up. See, we need to see what God's doing now. We have to see it. Never contradicting the word. If you're doing something different and it contradicts the word, you're doing something wrong. That wasn't a God encounter. If the lame man recognized it was God, Jesus, he would have said, yes, I want to be healed. Tell me, what do I need to do? Every morning when I get up, start putting my feet on the ground, I said, Lord, I say always, Lord, is there anything you want me to change? I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about the staff. I'm talking about me. Is there anything you want me to change? And guess what? Sometimes I'm halfway down with my feet and I'll say, "Er, yeah, by the way, Gary, dude, this is what I'd like you to do. So we need to rise up. God is moving, church. Will you say yes to it? We'll see, will you say yes to that change of the religious thinking? First Peter 5, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let me just change this. This is not doctrinal, but this is a way of things that happen. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, that you may move into that realm of hearing him, encountering him, changing your thinking. What's he say? Casting all your care upon him or have encounters with God because God cares for you. Let me say it, because God encounters you all the time. Okay, don't ask Pastor Dan, was that in the Greek? Because it wasn't. But I'm trying to tell you where we're at. God is encountering us right now. This is a decade of breakthrough. This is a main year of breakthrough. He's encountering us. What I'm saying to you, because we don't change our thinking, our experience, religious experience, what happens is we don't recognize it's God. Oh, we love God. We know God. We walk in his ways, but we don't recognize him at those times. At the specific times that God comes to you. How many of you know it never changes? The water's stirring at a specific time. And God is doing the same thing with you. He's encountering you. At specific times, do you recognize him? Let's all stand. Mm. Wow. How many of you have heard God today? Amen. Amen. Let me say this, too, because God's really stirring you. You're encountering God. And when you encounter God, you've got to change. We're not pushing him away anymore. You've encountered God, and he's stirring a lot of your thinking right now, every area of your life. Let me say this to you. It's not hard. See, religious experience or religiosity says, oh, oh, this is going to take years. This is going to take, no, it didn't. What did Jesus do? The guy gave all of his excuses, you know, he just laid there for 38 years, did all that. And he said, hey, just get up, take your bed up and walk. there it is he was healed walks in there and everybody's chirping at him about hey what are you doing carrying that thing hey the guy that healed me told me to do this where is he we need to crucify him right sabbath and then Jesus went away and just happenstance comes back to meet him again Do you think that was happenstance? That was God again encountering him and saying, See, the moment you begin to change, the moment you begin to think differently and move into that, the enemy comes in and begins accusing you, telling you you're worthless. Look, it's been so long. You don't have faith. You can't do that. You can't do that business. Your marriage can't be healed. Your children will never change. Yeah, we all face that what do you do you just do what God told you to do just do it get in the word of God you need healing find healing scriptures I promise you the beginning of the year it's going to be powerful we're going to have such prophetic movings of God with healing, restoration but guess what we're going to have seasons where God moves, but before that season, we're going, to be, we're going to prepare for it. You're going to get in the Word of God. You're going to grab a hold of Scriptures. You're going to memorize them. And then when you come in and we come together in the culture of worship and praise and love and honor and giving and receiving and all the different things, we're going to see the miracles of God just explode. Not only here in your homes, your business, you're everywhere you go, even on the golf course. My golf ball's going to walk on the water. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for family. Lord, as our youth go to the beach today, Lord, protect them. Let them have the most amazing time together. As we celebrate as family at home, because we don't have Sunday evening service, the month of August, Lord, teach us to Sabbath. Teach us to love one another. Teach us to hang out with our spouses and our children, moms and dads and brothers and sisters. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Have a great day.